Please turn your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, where we will begin at verse 14. This is a bright day when we come together as a church to shine like never before. On this Thanksgiving Sunday, we have come to bring a sacrifice of gratitude to the one who sacrificed himself on the cross. Through his sacrifice, Jesus paid our unpayable debt, rescued us from eternal death, and placed us in the family of God and united us to his church. And as his church, Jesus has given us a mission and a purpose that we must fulfill. And Jesus addresses this mission and purpose in the theme scripture of our Shine Campaign and the Lighthouse Project, where Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, beginning at verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's uh, study these verses, starting with the very first word, you. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. Who does Jesus have in mind by you? For instance, does Jesus have in mind his individual believer? Uh, Well, you can't tell in English because uh, the English word you can be either referencing a single person or a group. But in Greek, there are separate words for the singular you and the plural you. And when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, Matthew uses the Greek plural, indicating that Jesus is not referring to an individual believer. When Jesus says, you are the light of the world, Jesus is referring to us, that together, we, his church, we are the light of the world. And we have a mission as his light. Jesus commands us as his church, to shine. In verse 15, Jesus says, Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a lamp stand so that it gives light to everybody. Do you hear Jesus, Blackrock? Jesus says that we are his light and that he never ever, ever wants us to be covered or minimized or muted in our illumination task. Instead, Jesus calls us to be a lamp on a stand that gives light to as many people as possible. If you know the last book in the Bible, 
you know that this idea of the church being a lamp on a stand is crucial and central to Jesus. In the book of Revelation, the risen Jesus gives a vision to the Apostle John. And in this vision, Jesus walks among seven literal historical churches. And in each and, and in, this vision, in this vision, each one of these seven historical churches are represented by a lampstand. And this should dispel any doubt about how Jesus conceives of us as a church. Jesus conceives of Black Rock Church as his lampstand. We are a lampstand that Jesus bought... Jesus illumined and Jesus strategically placed so that we would shine his light in a specific part of this dark world. You know, I shared last week how uh, a researcher named George Barna has ranked the states uh, by their per capita percentage of Christ followers. And in our nation, the state with the lowest percentage of Christ followers, is Connecticut. Jesus has placed us in a dark place that desperately needs his light. But not only is our neighborhood highest in lost people, our neighbors also rank highest in influence, in media, in finances, and in trend-setting and opinion-making. Jesus has placed Black Rock strategically to make a worldwide impact for his glory. And that is our vision at Black Rock. Jesus did not light us to hide us. Jesus commands us to shine as big and as bright as we possibly can. You know, as you know, uh, Black Rock is one church in two locations. And uh, those of you who have seen Black Rock, Long Ridge, and Stanford, you know that the Long Ridge campus uh, includes a really sweet old historic chapel. Uh, what you may not know is that the Long Ridge Chapel is so cute uh, that it has been used numerous times uh, as a movie set for several well-known Hollywood films. Uh, now, BlackRock did not make the decision to allow uh, movie cameras into the chapel. Those commitments were made before BlackRock owned the facility. Uh, but this leads to the fact that a few years ago, uh, BlackRock's campus pastor, Rick Allen, was at Long Ridge uh, during the filming of a movie entitled Rachel Getting Married. Uh, which features Anne Hathaway, who is a very glamorous movie star and uh, who received an Academy Award nomination for the work she did in that movie. While on the set, uh, Pastor Rick was able to have a fancy lunch uh, with Anne Hathaway and the other movie stars. And when uh, Rick told me about uh, this experience, I could tell that... Uh, Rick was getting a little uppity, uh, a little snooty about having lunch with uh, movie stars. And so I was quick to defend our honor at Black Rock Fairfield by mentioning that uh, I had uh, 
celebrity contact at our building on Black Rock Turnpike, too. At Black Rock Fairfield, we've hosted a very well-known person in the media. And Rick was doubtful and said, oh, yeah, who? And uh, I said, well, let's just say I, I call him Bob. And uh, which left Rick thinking that it was Robert Redford or uh, Robert De Niro. But, of course, I meant Bob of Bob's Discount Furniture. Uh, <laughs> Uh, who came to Black Rock Fairfield and gave me a personal invitation to come on down. <laughs> and so take that Long Ridge, Black Rock Long Ridge, uh, and Hathaway can't get you half off on a sleeper sofa. So anyway, I, uh, I mentioned this because uh, I saw another Hollywood film recently that uh, ties together Black Rock Long Ridge and Black Rock Fairfield. Uh, this film is entitled Reservation Road. And uh, it was shot on location at Black Rock Long Ridge. But its climatic scene was filmed just up the road from us at Black Rock Fairfield. If you drive north from our church uh, on Black Rock Turnpike, go along the reservoir... Within a minute, you come to a uh, cute little gas station and restaurant called the Bluebird Inn. And this is where the film opens. It's night, and a Connecticut man, played by Joaquin Phoenix, is uh, pulling the family car over to the gas station to fuel up the car. And his family gets out of the car to stretch. And at the gas pump, he looks uh, to see his 11-year-old son standing by the side of the road, releasing a lightning, bolt, uh, lightning bug into uh, the night sky. Suddenly, he hears a thud, and to his horror, he looks up and sees a speeding SUV has hit his young son, and the impact of the, uh, of the thing sends his young son flying. The SUV slows down, stops, and then keeps driving off into the darkness. The SUV is driven by another Connecticut man, played by Mark Ruffalo, who is late and speeding. He looks at his cell phone, and in that minute he takes his eye off the road, he hits this young boy. And after the impact, he has only seconds to make a life-altering decision. If he shows himself, if he identifies himself, he's going to be shamed and blamed. And so in that split second, he decides to drive off into the night. He flees the scene, driving south toward the Mirror Parkway and Black Rock Church. The rest of the movie is about these two Fairfield County, Connecticut men and the trauma in their lives. The funeral of this young boy is shot on location in the chapel at Black Rock Longridge. The father of the dead boy is full of grief. He is at first full of grief, and then he turns into rage and bitterness. Then he becomes obsessed with finding and hurting this unknown driver, this unknown hit-and-run driver who killed his son, and his anger destroys his relationships and ends up eating him up on the inside. Meanwhile, the hit-and-run driver learns that uh, the young boy that he struck is dead, has died, and... He is at first full of fear that he's going to be discovered. 
Then he becomes consumed with guilt. Obsessed with hiding his sin. And running from repentance. And as I saw these scenes played out in our neighborhood, I realized afresh that this is the tragic story of the souls who live around us. Our neighbors are, are trying to hide their feelings under their manicured exteriors, but inside they're dying with grief and guilt and anger and anxiety and rage and regret. Our co-workers, our, our friends, our associates, our neighbors, will they continue to suffer in the silent confusion and pain and lostness that comes with being separated from God, their Creator, with physical death just a heartbeat away, with eternity hanging in the balance. This describes our neighbors now, but this also describes the desperation we've all experienced on some level. Before we came to Jesus, the light of the world. We grew up in a very violent and unpredictable home. Uh, my dad had rage, these just episodes of rage. It was very unpredictable and oftentimes it would come in the middle of the night and we'd wake up because he would just pull us out of bed by our feet and you'd wake up when you hit the floor. I believe that God was very angry with me. I didn't even want to go to church and I just believed that there was no hope for me. There was no forgiveness. When I went to college, I kind of just stopped going to church. I didn't stop believing. I just really had a disconnect. It wasn't that you were running away. It was just kind of ambivalence. I didn't understand why God felt so far off. And I never really, I never heard anybody talking about God in any personal relationship kind of way. I, I don't think any of us ever comprehended that it would really end up being a in a, a divorce, I mean, or that he would never come back. The last two years have been an incredible struggle. Part of it was, I, I have to say, it definitely was being lost to God. Our marriage is over. My mother is never going to speak to my sister again. It's the whole world is falling apart. I always believed in God. I just uh, didn't know what that meant. I knew, I knew about uh, religion. It was more of a, of a rule book and more of a... Uh, ethical way to live than it was a relationship. I didn't feel any calling to the church. I studied Buddhism for a short period of time. I studied Judaism. I had thought the Bible was something that had been written for uh, people long ago. I had never read the Bible. Most Chinese people, we are like traditional and then we were taught not to believe in anything spiritual like believing things like material believing what you see i was in the midst of uh, going through a divorce i was my family was breaking up and uh, i needed some help there's there's disbelief for that denial um you work through that and there becomes anger and bitterness um fear great fear for what the future holds i was lost You just heard the voices of those who were lost before they came to Jesus and to BlackRock. They relate how their lives were full of pain and confusion and despair and guilt and how they were far from God. How they were in the dark. And this is where we all begin. We all begin in the dark, separated from God. But then Jesus changes everything. 
And here's where we need to go back to Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus says in verse 16, Let your light shine before others that they may see your good works. Now let's study this word good for a moment. Uh, there are three or four words in Greek uh, for good. The Greek word for good in this verse means attractive or beautiful. So the good works Jesus has in mind are not my efforts at clean living. They are the beautiful works of Jesus in my life. When Jesus calls me to shine, Jesus is calling me to publicly celebrate and freely display the beautiful results of his love and his forgiveness in my life. But remember, the you is plural. That Jesus' call to shine is a call for us as a church. Jesus is calling us as a church to shine as big and as bright as possible with the evidence that God does beautiful works in ordinary people who come to Jesus. You know, as you know, uh, we uh, have a great Fairfield policeman uh, who directs traffic uh, at, in front of our building on uh, Sundays. And just last week, uh, this officer got talking with a BlackRock member who is part of the uh, parking team. And uh, the cop said, you know, I've uh, lived here all my life and I still can't get over how many people come to this church. I've lived here all my life and I can't get over the fact that this church actually turns people away every week. And then has even more people come the next week. And the BlackRock guy said, uh, well, there won't be anybody here next week uh, because uh, we're all going to uh, Fairfield Ward High School. And then he explained that uh, we'd be here on uh, Thanksgiving Sunday to bring a thank offering to God uh, in the form of pledges so that we could rebuild and make more room for more people who need to experience God's love. And the cop shook his head and said, uh, you people are really different. Uh, I mean, everyone else is closing their fists and this church opens its hands. When everybody else wants to take more, this church wants to give more. While everyone else is going backward, this church is going forward. I don't understand it, but it's really beautiful. You hear that? I don't understand it, but it's really beautiful. He has seen us shine the beautiful works of Jesus, which gets to his deepest craving in life. Do you know what the deepest craving is of a police officer? I mean, after donuts. I'm talking about after donuts. Um, The deepest craving of a police officer is to see something beautiful. Because even in Fairfield, the police see the ugliest and the dirtiest and the worst parts of people. And in the midst of the viciousness and selfishness and greed and despair and anger and rage, they long to see something beautiful. Everyone does. Everyone longs to see something beautiful. And the beauty they long to see is found only 
in Jesus. BlackRock, Jesus calls us to shine. Jesus has strategically placed us in a dark place to shine the beautiful work that he does in our lives. So shine. In the gloom of economic insecurity, shine a beautiful peace. In the night of fear, shine a beautiful boldness. In the cavern of sin guilt, shine a beautiful forgiveness and freedom. In the shadow of physical death, shine the confidence of eternal life. In this dark world of meaninglessness and hopelessness, shine with your joy-filled purpose and mission in Jesus. And as one by one, more and more people come to BlackRock and come to Jesus We really will shine. I came to Black Rock, you know, church. That's my first day, my first time ever being in the church. The people I met that night, they were really friendly to me. They were just showing, like, like kindness, you know, like, I just couldn't, like, understand why, you know, like, that first night, because I was... I was knowing nobody there, and there was nobody. Black Rock's impact is having a relationship with God, getting involved in a, in a church community, in a church family I call fellowship, is different than what I grew up to think, what I grew up and expected, and what my experience was. He was preaching about uh, how God loves you. And I felt like he was talking directly to me that this uh, gift of salvation is free and a gift isn't yours until you take it. I've been driving by BlackRock. We lived down the street for 10 years, so we know where it is. Something gloomy, thirst for something missing. I walked in the door to BlackRock. There was that feeling as if somebody had thrown a huge light switch up for me. We sat in prayer. Ben and Liz Chow sat in prayer for me. Somebody they've never met before. Spiritual family is not anything that I have ever had in my life until I started going to Long Beach. In February, they started a divorce recovery workshop. It was a Sunday evening, and uh, I just happened to open the paper, and there was a tiny little blurb in there for this divorce recovery workshop. I needed something. I needed some guidance. And so through that, um, you know, BlackRock led me you know, to really accept the Lord Jesus as my Savior. I love to worship. I love to worship, and I, I came and I just really was so touched by the worship. Through my association in the neighborhood uh, at Black Rock, I live right down the road, um, I heard about all this controversy of this new mega building being built you know, a couple of years ago. I said, I got nothing to lose. And the moment that I walked through those doors, it was like being hugged by God. Everyone knows of this church, and in and, and some way, some, somewhere along the line, you know, this church has touched their lives in some way, shape, or form. We went to the Christmas show, and it was so incredible. And I remember thinking, this is just, this is going to be what it's like in heaven. Like, this is so cool. I've been at Black Rock for 25 years. Whatever I do, wherever I go, you know, I know God is there. When I first became Christian, I just felt like, wow, you know, I'm a new person again. I'm, I'm forgiven. I can do so many things all over from the beginning. It's not easy to be a Christian, but I'm happy to be a Christian because I know there's a purpose why I'm here. When I first became a Christian, I 
my initial response was I was so angry. Why hadn't anyone ever told me about this? Why didn't anyone ever tell me that I had this father and there was this love and there was this redemption? You have to tell people. What if there's someone out there who doesn't know and it's available to them and they just no one's just taking the time to tell them? I mean, what a tragedy. It is a tragedy when the light that is meant to go on a lampstand instead goes under a bowl. We are the light of the world. Jesus commands us to shine, and so we must shine. And I mentioned how in uh, the book of Revelation, Jesus walks among the churches represented by lampstands. I didn't mention what Jesus is doing there. According to Revelation, Jesus walks among the churches to evaluate his people, to evaluate the hearts of his people. Jesus is here now. He is walking among us right now. And he's evaluating. We've come to the part of our worship where we get an opportunity to show him our hearts and show him where we stand. You are moments away from your opportunity to express your gratitude to Jesus for the beautiful works He has done in you. You are moments away from your opportunity to give sacrificially to the one who sacrificed for you. Your opportunity to help build a lighthouse that will illumine the way for your neighbors and make a worldwide impact for the Father's glory. This is your opportunity to shine.